couple things that are, are, are coming up, and I want to share this with you. We do this every single year, and I realize um, some of you have joined us just in this year, so this would be a new tradition for you. But uh, in this season uh, at Freedom Church, we have always done something a little bit special that I, I feel like we're in a season where collectively as a church and individually we are seeking God. Um, in this season, and specifically for three things, and we're going to celebrate it. It'll culminate on the 17th of December, so let me kind of break this down. We, we, we are seeking God for three things, a word from God, all right? So I'm going to seek God in this season for a word or a phrase, and you're just trying to get a download from Him. Maybe it's a, a recap of 2023. Maybe it's a word that is kind of projecting what 2024 is going to be for you. Maybe it's a word or a phrase that just kind of summarizes the season that you're in. But I want, as a pastor, I want our church to be a church that seeks God. All right? Seek, ask, knock, and you will find, or the door will be open, right? I want a church that is actively doing that. Well, we're all pressing in on that. So I want us to try to get a, a word. On the 17th, on the 17th, we have a very special worshipful, worshipful uh, Christmas party. And what we do is we bring that word here. And, and so we'll have a time of sharing. Not everybody has to share, but we, we would ask, hey, bring that word in, and just say, hey, this is, this is what my God sighting in this season of like, hey, this is what God spoke to me. It's a beautiful Sunday where we do that. We also, we also seek God for a gift. And it's not a gift that we are going to receive, but a gift that we are going to give. And so this year and every year we have a, a Love Los Alamos Christmas offering. And we will take that offering on the 17th. And our promise is, this is whatever you bring on the 17th, uh, whatever you give on the 17th, 100% of that we will give away uh, to Los Alamos during the Christmas season through our Love Los Alamos campaign. And some of y'all, you know about our Love Los Alamos fund. Just real briefly, this year, uh, the Love Los Alamos uh, fund has already given away around $35,000 just in 2023 alone um, to people here in, in, in town. So um, that's huge. That's you. That is you. And, and the word gets around. You're helping people and helping lives in, in, in difficult situations. Um, and that's just simply through your generosity. And if you could see the tears and hear the stories um, on the other side, you would know, oh, my gosh, God's on the move here. So. 17th, you seek God. God, what do you want me to give? Now, no one is pressured into giving, okay? This is between you and God. That's why I, that's why I like it. I'm like, you seek God. He, you do whatever, do whatever he tells you to do. If he tells you zero dollars, well then, zero dollars. If he tells you 50, 500, 1,000, whatever, you just do what he, he says, and then we'll give it away in the Christmas season. Now, just so you know, we've already, because we've been uh, doing this for several years, we're already uh, adopt a family here in town. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel. They have a lot of families that are in need already, and we're going to help them uh, with about $3,500 uh, to help families in need in the Christmas season. Uh, we've already identified a few families that need help with rent in this season, and we're helping pay for some rent. We've also, we work with the Aspen staff here. They, we, we've decided if there is going to be a place, because we don't have a building of our own, if we're going to be a place that hosts us, then Freedom's Pledge is we're going to, we want them to be glad that we're here and we're going to bless the staff 
that is hosting us. And so Laura, right here, who helped lead us sing, she helps get us coffee. They have a coffee Keurig station that's provided year-round for them. That's through your, your way to love Los Alamos. But we like to also, in the Christmas season, as they wind down the year, give them a special gift to all the staff here in town. So we're going to do that. And then also when we work uh, with the schools in town, we find out, hey, there's some families in need that the school system knows about. We don't know about. We don't need to know about them. They do. And so they'll contact us sometimes and just say, hey, I got this family in need, and we will help them. So there's going to be more beyond that, but that's already in, taking place through this. So that's the 17th. You're going to seek God for a word. Everybody say a word. All right, good, good, good. A gift. We're seeking God for a gift. All right, not that we're going to receive, but one to give. And then, everybody got one of these? Hold it up, hold it up, hold it up. You got one? Did you get one? Come on, come on. I got like two people. All right. You're seeking God for an invite, not an invite for you to receive, but for you to give. There we go. Oh, we're right in this. I like it. I like it. I like it. All right. Listen, listen. Christmas is like the Super Bowl of Christianity. Now, I know some of you would say, hey, Easter is the Super Bowl of Christianity, which theologically, okay, whatever. But people, the people we're trying to reach, our job, our mission is to go and tell, to go and be a light, right? And people are more receptive on Easter and Christmas to hear the gospel. And I would say Christmas even more so. You will have people who will come to a Christmas Eve service simply because grandma said we're going, you know? They will come. And actually, they're even in this season of chaos and pain and grief People are looking for hope, and they are more open to come to a Christmas-themed service on a Sunday than any other time of the year. So don't discount what God's trying to do. Each one of you, you have one of these. And what we're going to do is you're going to put it in your purse, or you're going to put it in your wallet, and you're going to carry it with you. And I hope that thing is like a pebble in your shoe that you are walking around with, and you just can't shake the fact that this tiny little pebble is sitting there, and there is somebody, a divine encounter, that you have with somebody in Los Alamos that says, would you come with me to church? Would you be interested in joining me? Come sit with me or come stand with me? I believe everybody has one of those there. So this isn't for you to put on your refrigerator and remind yourself when the Christmas Eve services are. Go invite somebody. You might change someone's life. They might even just say no. How dare they just say no? But guess what? You were obedient to whatever God called you to do. And as a pastor, that's all I can ask. That's all I can ask. And I really do believe, I really do believe people are, are open and there's divine favor and momentum that's happening right now that I think God's doing something in this season. Don't discount what God is doing. Now, let's get back to the divine or uh, the wonderful counselor. Uh, this is also, like we said already, it's my birthday. And as I was trying to prep this, I'm like, okay, it's my birthday message. I'm going to preach however long I want and, and, and go through this. And I was like, I had a plan. And then God was like, I, I feel very scattered in my message today. I feel like we're going to jump around. This wasn't necessarily what I wanted, but I'm also like, hey, guess what? You get me because I'm trying to seek God on what he wants to do. Kind of feels like Christmas season anyway where we're all scattered, all right? As soon as Thanksgiving hits, we got the, we got the Christmas music, uh, Christmas movies, uh, we're trying to, to, to make plans and arrangements. We've got Christmas cookies next week. You see the event thing that's like all these things. you got 
uh, cards, Christmas cards you got to send out, Christmas presents. You, you're already starting to, to, to like get in a, a fight with your in-laws already about different things and who's doing what and when and where. And I, we just part of us, we can get through this whole season and be so busy and so scattered and we miss exactly what the wonderful counselor is trying to say uh, to us. I don't, is anybody with me this morning where we're already, it's December 3rd, and we're already kind of feeling, feeling the heat. Well, we're, we're going to go on an adventure today because just as we're scattered in the Christmas season, I'm a bit scattered in this message and we'll kind of dance around and bounce around on a lot of different things. Okay, he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Having a counselor is a luxury, by the way. All right, it's kind of like having a paid friend. Um, it's, it's, it's nice, someone who you can just go to and talk <laughs> someone who you can just be open with and, and share. Um, it is a true luxury. I thought about asking, hey, raise your hand if you've got a counselor or, 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 or raise your hand if you need a counselor. And then some of you guys I know would be pointing at other people or whatever. Listen, we all, listen, listen, listen. Here's the truth. We all need a counselor. Amen? All right? All right. We all need a counselor. And, the, and if you're like, I don't need a counselor, the people sitting next to you are like, he really or she really needs a counselor. All right, we all need one. All right. Now, wonderful. I am not Hebrew. I don't speak Hebrew, but I can look it up in the dictionary. I tell you what this word means. It's uh, pele or pele. Uh, it means beyond, wonderful, beyond understanding, too wonderful for words. I can't even really describe how wonderful this counselor is. And that word, uh, Counselor is yaats, and it is to advise, to consult, and to guide. And so we have this wonderful counselor who's almost too good to describe, who's trying to counsel us. And so part of what this reminds me of, we just spent seven weeks going through the book of Ephesians this fall. And I just can't shake what God was speaking to me through the book of Ephesians of how good we got it and all the gifts and wonderful treasures that we have in our life. So I want to kind of, uh, I'm not going to go through all of that again, but I'm going to touch base with it over the next four weeks, at least for a while, because it is so close and near and dear to my heart. Ephesians 4.1 says, Therefore, a prisoner's I, a prisoner serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of our calling, for you have been called by God. So say this with me. I have been called. I have been called. The counselor is trying to tell you and lead you towards that calling. You have a calling. Everybody has a calling. And he says, therefore, lead a life worthy of that calling based on how good you got it. So we're, we're in this season, like I said, I'm going to mention this several times. We're seeking God, the counselor, for a word. This counselor wants to speak a word to you in this season. This, we're seeking the counselor for what do you want me to give? Because I know some of you right now, you're like, I don't have anything to give. I got nothing. I, I, seek him. And then just do whatever he says, and we're going to seek God for an invite in this season. You have a calling. And you see this play out throughout Scripture. We're going to, like I said, we're scattered. We're going to jump now. I want to jump to the prophet Jeremiah. I want to look at his calling. Way back in the Old Testament, Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah writes, 
He says, the Lord gave me this message. Here's the counselor speaking. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Now, I know he's speaking directly to Jeremiah there. But I promise you, if the wonderful counselor knew him before he was even born, before he even took a breath, he was appointed. I want to tell you today, somebody needs this word. This is your word. You need to highlight it in your Bible verse. You need to put it on your mirror and just remember this truth that the Lord knows you and he has appointed you. He knew you before you were even born and he loved you. He knew that you were going to mess up. He knew the mistakes you were going to make, and yet he is still calling you. Jeremiah, Jeremiah, this is, the Lord, this is the Lord giving you a message. I knew you. I set you apart to be something, a part of the nations. Oh, sovereign Lord, I said, thank you. I'm going to do it. This is awesome. You're with me. This is great. Oh, no, Jeremiah is just like you and I. I can't. I can't speak for you. I'm too young. What are you too? Fill in the blank. What is it that unqualifies you from God's service, from being a, a light and a hope in this season? I'm too stupid. I'm too ugly. I'm too broken. I'm too messed up. I'm too angry. I'm too depressed. What are you two that disqualifies you from God using you tomorrow or today? The wonderful counselor is wanting to speak, and just like Jeremiah, we have excuses as to, nope, nope, not me. I'm too drunk. I was drunk last night. I can't get over my addictions. Not me. I'm too what? That you cannot be used by God. Jeremiah, I've appointed you before you were even born. I knew you. I saw you. I loved you. I called you. I can't speak. I'm too young. I'm too old. The Lord said, don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. What a moment with the counselor here. What a moment when we have a direct download from the counselor to give us a guidance on our next step. I promise you, it, it may not look like this, but I believe the wonderful counselor wants to speak to us in this season. He wants to have a counseling session with us in the season. So I want to give you three things on what you can do to have a good counseling session with the wonderful counselor. All right, so the first thing, if you're going to go into a counseling session that you need to do, you need to be brutally honest with your counselor. Be brutally honest. If you're going to be fake, if you're going to lie, we're not going to get anywhere. We've got, we got to be open and vulnerable and share what's really going on in our heart. For some of you, if you were to have a session with the wonderful counselor, you'd be like, you know what? I don't even know if you're real. It seems like 
things are happening, and I'm wondering if you're even there. I'm wondering if you even care. If we're going to be honest, I have doubts, and I have questions. Let me just say, if that's you, yay. I believe just on the other side of your doubts is discovery, that it is okay to ask questions and to be real and be authentic with God. I'd rather you be real with God. He can handle your questions of doubt than you being fake. But too many of us, we're also lazy in our doubt. We'll just take our doubt and believe our doubt and then just walk away. No, bring it to the counselor. Be honest, brutally honest with him. Let him know you're worried. I'm worried. I'm anxious about this. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm mad. I'm depressed. I need help. What is it for you to, to share what I need to be honest with? There's a story of a, a guy named Bartimaeus. He meets Jesus, and he's blind. Blind Bartimaeus is how we know him. And it's one of many, many examples of, of Jesus having an encounter with someone, just meeting them in the moment. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, and he encountered this man. And Bartimaeus was blind, so he couldn't see, but he knew something was happening. He heard that it was Jesus walking by. And so he calls out to Jesus, help me. To which the people around him said, dude, don't bother Jesus. He's on his way to go do something else. And they tell him, basically, shut up. It says, be quiet in verse 48 of Mark 10. Many of the people yelled at him. But, I love this, he only shouted louder. He wanted to hear that voice. He, wanted, he kept speaking. So, didn't matter what the culture said to him or what people said. Blind Bartimaeus was going to Jesus, and nothing was going to stop him. He only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. And when Jesus heard him, he stopped. When Jesus heard, Jesus was on his way. What caused him to stop? When his son cried out. You want to get a word from God in this season, sons and daughters, you need to cry out to your father. That got him to stop. When he heard, when he heard from him, Jesus stopped. Tell him to come here. So they called the blind man, cheer up. Now they told him to shut up. Now they say, cheer up. All right. Shows you how fickle the crowd is. But he says, come on, he's calling you. So Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. And then here it is, here it is, here it is. What do you want me to do for you? Oh, the, I hear the counselor. When you cry out, what do you want me to do for you? This is your chance to be honest. He's there listening today. You could tell him right now in your seat and let him know. What do you want me to do for you? My rabbi, I want to see. And Jesus said, go, for your faith has healed you. Now, let's be honest. Sometimes we don't even know what to be honest about. I don't even know. What do I want? I don't even know what I want. I want things fixed. I want things better. But I don't even know what I want, so I won't even ask because I don't even know. Let me just say, if that's where you're at, just be real. Just be you. All right? I have a, I have a counselor. And I remember the first time I went to the counseling session with this person, and I'm talking to my counselor. I didn't know what I wanted. I just wanted to kind of get some things off my chest. And so I just 
started sharing. I'm like, well, I got this, and then there's this, and there's this, and there's this, and there's this. After about, I don't know, a, a couple minutes of me just going on and on, my counselor stopped me in the middle of my first session. He said, whoa, 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 whoa. You're giving me anxiety with all of this stuff, all right? So me just getting it out helped reveal some things to the counselor to where he can start doing what's next. Your second thing, if you're going to have a good counseling session, beyond being honest, is you need to listen to your counselor. <laughs> all right, apparently I got some anxiety issues, all right? I need to deal with that. We're going to figure out why, but we know on the surface, hey, we got, we got some things to deal with here. Your wonderful counselor has something he wants to share with you, which takes humility, It takes kind of what the crowd told Bartimaeus to do. You got to shut up <laughs> at a certain point and listen. If we're going to get a word from God in this season, he can do it however he wants. You, he not, you can't put God in a box, okay? He might show you a vision. He might speak to you or whatever. But I promise you, if you're on the go, 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 and you're scattered, and it's just noise, 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 Good luck trying to get a direct download from God through that. When's the last time, when's the last time you just sat in the presence of God? No prayer, no Bible reading, and I'm all for prayer and Bible reading, but when's the last time you just said, I'm not praying, I'm not reading, I'm just, God, whatever you have to say to me in the silence, just speak. And then you just zip it and listen. I don't know about you, but I'm too busy for that. I don't know about you, but I'm too scared for that. He might speak, and then i got to go do it. Let's just stay busy so I don't have to deal with all that stuff. The wonderful counselor wants to speak, but some of us, we need to sit and listen. you got to listen to what he's going to say. Now, Jesus modeled this for us in Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, they just had a great day of ministry, lots of healing, and a lot of great ministries happened. Next day, looks like they're going to be up for the same agenda. More people wanting to be healed. A big, huge crowd. Jesus, let's go. Watch what happens. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to play. Hello, you got to get alone. You got to listen to God. He connected with the Heavenly Father. Later, Simon, who's Peter, his best friend, and the others went out to find him. And when they found him, they said, everybody's looking for you, man. We're going to do this again. Let's rock it, man. People need healed. You're healing. Let's go. But Jesus replied, we must go on to other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. That is why I came. That is why I came. Guys, this is my purpose. He had to say no to something good, healing people. Imagine being one of those people on day two who was like, man, all these people got healed. <laughs> He's still here. I want to see him. And then Jesus is like, nope. Jesus said it's time to go. How did he know that it was time to leave that day and move on to do something else? How did he know? He listened to his father. Jesus, his purpose 
was driven off the connection with his father, not on the expectations of man. You and I are created in the image of God, not in the image of culture. We are chasing to fit into the cultural norms. If you spent more time seeking the connection of the Father, or just as much time seeking the connection of the Father as you did trying to fit in with culture and what man says and, and society says or your family says and what that person's approval is in your life, I'm telling you, you'll find your purpose and meaning right there when you, when you are connected with the Father. Some of you are like, hey, my, is Mike saying, hey, I don't got to follow man's expectations? Can I cancel my Christmas plans with my in-laws? You giving me permission to kind of do my own thing because I feel like I have to do that? You need a counseling session for that, by the way. No, how did he know? He got a direct download from God that morning to take his next step, which leads to our third thing. You need to be brutally honest. You need to listen, which means you need to, to have some humility to say, I don't have all the answers. I don't know. I do need help. I do need a counselor. But third thing is you need to do what the counselor tells you. You may, you, some of you do know what the counselor has told you what to do, and you haven't done it. I must do what the counselor tells me to do. I love when Mary, Mary is at, the, at uh, Jesus' first miracle, the wedding feast, and they run out of wine. And I'm not going to go through the whole story. But she goes to Jesus, and she says, uh, uh, Jesus, they have no more wine. To which Jesus says, that's not my problem. He says, my time hasn't come. But then Mary, Mary, the mother of Jesus, she looks at the servants and says something that we should all just know. This is the verse. If you only need, do whatever he tells you. Just follow Jesus. Just do whatever he tells you. Back to Jeremiah. I told you we're scattered here, all right? Let's go back to Jeremiah. I knew you. I called you. I appointed you, right? I, hey, don't be afraid of those people because I am. Anybody remember? Because I am. With you. Somebody got it? Yeah. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. Yeah, right. Easier said than done, God. But then, Jeremiah, throughout the rest of the book, has some pretty hard things to say. And Jesus, or Jeremiah, it says, in, this is just one example. Jeremiah, I would hate to be in his position. It says, tell them this, Jeremiah, but do not expect them to listen. Shout out your warnings. But do not expect them to respond. Now, this isn't a license to go be a jerk, a Christian jerk, all right? But what is success for Jeremiah? Again, we're chasing after cultural success, most of us. But in God's eyes, what is success? For Jeremiah, it doesn't look too successful on the outside. Hey, guess what, Jeremiah? Go preach a message and no one's going to listen to you. Go preach a message and no one's going to do what you're going to say fact they're just going to reject you that doesn't sound too successful in our world but what is success in God's eyes it's obedience whatever God calls you to do whatever he tells you to do go and do that thing Jesus said it's not the healthy who need a doctor it's the sick 
And I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Guess what? If you're like me, most of us do not listen to what the doctor's orders are. Anyone else stubborn like that? Doctor says, go do this, and you don't do it. The counselor's suggesting some things, and we need to go do it. One more example. A rich man met Jesus. He said, teacher, I've kept all of these since I was a boy. What, what, what did he keep? He, he was a moral guy. He's like, hey, Jesus, what do I got to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus is like, you know, you're a good Jew. Follow, follow what the Jews say. He's like, I've done all that. I did it all. Kept it all since I was a boy. And Jesus looked at him and loved him. And then he gets right to the heart. He speaks right to the soul. One thing you lack, go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. And he went away sad because he had great wealth. This is not a, a, a thing indicting having money or wealth or anything like that. This is all of us have an idol that we are tempted with to worship in our soul. We elevate things above God. We elevate relationships. We elevate power and status and different things. We all have our thing. And he's saying, hey, this is your thing, man. And he didn't want to give it up. He, didn't, he knew, he listened, he heard what the wise counselor was saying, the wonderful counselor, and he wasn't willing to do it. We got to do what the counselor is telling us to do. This is faith. You cannot please God without faith. If I do what the counselor is telling me what to do, that's risky. That is uncertain. If I go and I invite somebody, like, they might... Who knows what that person's going to, I know who I'm supposed to invite, but what are they going to say? They're going to laugh in my face. They're going to reject me or whatever. I don't know. There's too much risk to do whatever God's called me. This is the life of faith. And God has called us all to live a life of faith. One of the things I love about this season, not only all the stuff, but I'm telling you, this is where Freedom Church got its origins and its birth was around this time six years ago. It was this week, six years ago in 2017, when God just planted that little nudge in, in Rita and I and said, now's the time you're going to start Freedom Church. And I love First Baptist Church in Los Alamos. That's where I was a youth pastor for 10 years. In the same email that I said, hey, I'm resigning from my position uh, as a youth pastor there. I am all, in the same email, I said, hey, I'm starting Freedom Church. Scary, because I'm like, oh my gosh, can I even do this? This is crazy. It's, no, you can't do this. And yes, it's like, send. <laughs> And within 24 hours, we were flooded with emails and messages. Um, and so many people, in a way, just, when and where? When and where? Let's go. When and where? Let's go. And I'm like, ah, what? No, this is supposed to be, you know, everybody. we just did what you said, God, and everybody says no, and yet, yet here we go. Well, we decided that week, hey, next Sunday, come to our house, let's pray. So this week, six years ago, when we had a picture, I got a picture of it. That's us in the room. And I didn't, we didn't know at the time. It was just like, okay, we're going to start Freedom Church. It didn't, we had no clue on when. I was thinking, oh, well, we'll have to do a grassroots campaign, raise money, and kind of fundraise, and do all these things. And through prayer meetings in our living room and singing some songs together, uh, it was like, we need to start in January 14th. We'll go through Christmas, and then we're going to start in January. And here, here we are. I'm going to tell you, we were in this room excited 
and scared. I, not knowing what the adventure was going to be, yet here we are, up and down and all around and keeping on going. This is faith. The wonderful counselor has a next step for you. And he's asking you to take that step. Excited and scared all at the same time. Knowing what I need to do and unsure all at the same time. Sovereign Lord, I can't speak. I'm too young. We can't do this. You can't, you can't, you can't do that. I don't know how. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, I'll be with you. I'm with you. Don't be afraid. Back to Ephesians. Back to Ephesians. Remember how good you got it? Remember that you have every spiritual blessing that you need. You are a child of God. You have the inheritance of God. He has called you. He has forgiven you. He has saved you by grace through faith. That is not a work of your own. So this isn't on you. The results are not on you. You can't control that. You can control whether or not you take your next step. Ephesians 3, the, the end of that chapter says, Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him. Oh, you got to trust. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong as you move in faith. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep is his love for you. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. Do you see how good you've got it with this God who loves you and who has called you, Jeremiah? Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Some of you feel incomplete in this season and you're trying to complete it without Jesus. Then you will be complete. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ through all generations forever and ever. And everybody said, amen. Then chapter 4, verse 1, back to where we started. I told you I'm scattered. We're bringing it back. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Scattered as I feel in this season, guess what? That's our job, is to leave here and scatter. Go and make disciples. Go and be a light. Go and be salt. Scatter, 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 scatter. You have a field that God is calling you to work with plenty of purpose. So scatter that seed. That's what we're called to be in the season. So can we stand? I want to close this out. I want to land this plane.
Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.